Welcome to the Alad Pod, Missouri's online town hall program bringing our government back to you. I'm your host, Alad Gross. I'm a civil rights and government transparency attorney, an educator, and a friend to all dogs who weigh at least 40 pounds with a select few others who believes that our government should be responsive to we the people. This show is about big ideas, including yours. So you're invited to participate and ask questions when these shows are live, before they become podcasts, at aladgross.live. On this episode, we are joined by two guests, Spencer Toder, a Democratic candidate for United States Senate in Missouri, and Robert Buckland, who has been an advocate in having the Agape Boarding School shut down in Missouri. We had a few technical difficulties, some dogs, and a late arrival on this one, but that's okay. Stay tuned to the end for a chance to win a prize. Enjoy. Robert, can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Thank you. Okay. Well, welcome to the Allowed Pod. This is your first time on. Very excited to have you. Um, and, uh, you know, you are doing some seriously important work, and you have been for uh, quite some time. It's difficult work, too. And, uh, you know, I, I um, am a big fan of the organizing work that you've been able to accomplish already. But even seeing some of the news that's been coming out recently about um, the Agape Boarding School and some of the work that Spencer has also done with you on that, um, I'm, I'm very happy that you could get here today uh, and be with us. So I'd love it if you could. Could you could you introduce yourself for everyone who who may not know you and may not know what's going on right now? Yeah. So my name is uh, Robert Buckling, and I uh, went to Agape Boarding School. I was a student there for six years. Um, now I currently work in the hospital in uh, Ann Arbor, Michigan, and I appreciate Elon having me on. Yeah. No, it's. Uh, um, yeah, I mean, for, for those who have, have not followed uh, so much, um, the uh, Agape Boarding School, which um, I can't even believe it's still open, uh, is a facility that has um, had many children come through, many that have been abused over a long period of time. Um, and now there are many folks who are suing the school uh, to uh, primarily really stop it from continuing to do this to more children. Um, and uh, unfortunately, the state enforcement and uh, even the legislature passed a law to deal with situations just like this. We've had a lot of unregulated schools like this one in Missouri. We've become a hotbed for that. Uh, the legislature recently passed a law to empower our state officials to do more about it. And uh, we have not seen uh, much movement on there. And, and Robert, I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, the comments that are coming in already uh, there are a lot of, you've got a lot of fans out there because a lot of folks are saying uh, wonderful things about you in the comments and, and the work that you've done to uh, you and, and several other folks who have gone there and some of these other schools as well on, on taking a very big lead in organizing, especially public sentiment and hopefully some of our officials to do the right thing. Um, have you, let me ask this, um, have you... I know that there's some news, and I want to wait for Spencer to come in to, to share some of that with everybody. But 
I guess what what are your thoughts about um, you know somebody who's who's been impacted in this way? And we have a lot of folks who come on to this show who are running for something, um, have done this before, uh, maybe have been involved in an issue in the community, um, and and they they then see government in kind of a different way, or maybe now they consider, oh, you know, I never really thought about these kinds of state local elected offices before in this way and the power they have has has your experience changed anything that any way that you have perceived local government or government in general yeah um it definitely has and you know as a victim of both sexual and physical abuse at agape boarding school what's been probably the most frustrating is that not just me, but a lot of the other victims who are fighting, um, we're fighting harder than elected officials are. Uh, you know, these people that are elected by the people that really aren't representing the people at all. And I think that puts, that's opened my eyes a lot to that. Um, I would say that's probably the chief complaint is, you know, last year, as you mentioned, um, a lot of lawmakers, both Republicans and Democrats, <clears throat> during the hearing uh, for HB 557 were crying, um, tears in their eyes, and he about hearing our stories from Agape and other schools in Missouri. And now, when we've asked them for help, they don't, they don't want to help us. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's very frustrating to see the lack of response in some cases, right? So um, we've certainly seen it happen on some issues in particular. And I mean, this one is just, it's so, it feels it feels so, in some ways so much more frustrating too, because there was this legislative fix that was supposed to be made in this whole thing. And, uh, oh, that must be the Spencer bill there. But, but it just, it feels like frustrating that that happened but that there isn't the progress that that law literally says, this is what should be happening at this point. Like we are, you all said there was an issue with this, so fix it now. And uh, I mean, I don't know, when you were referring to HB, for those who don't know, that's a house bill. So in Missouri, um, you know, there has to be testimony about the laws and what we're gonna be passing. And, and folks came and they shared extremely personal stories, um, horrific stories, this has been covered by uh, the Kansas City Star did a lot of in-depth reporting on this. It's been reported nationally. And uh, it's just still, still so frustrating to see that this facility uh, is advertising in local newspapers to get more kids to come to that school there. And the number of parents who have just said, I had no idea what was happening at this school. They said that they were gonna do all these things. Um, and you know, they're really preying on families that are desperate for some kind of help. And these are the folks that they're taking advantage of. And it just, it, it makes me sick just thinking and talking about it, but it's unfortunate to see there hasn't been more movement on that. Yeah. No. Is Spencer here? I know the dogs all say he's here. Oh, he's coming. Oh, he's almost here. Okay, that's good. That's great. Liberty Bell must really like Spencer. Look at her, she's like really, really in tune right now and everything else. 
There he is. Hey, bud. I usually wear a hat and you look like I'm looking now, so I thought I'd dress for the part, and here I am, and you're in you usually wear a hat and look like trash. So here I you I, look great. I, I'm gonna be you today. Let, yeah, I'll, please. Should I interview you? I got a hat over here. Here, <laughs> that's fine. Fun. All right. I might not I always like be the first to the party, but I'm usually the last to have leave, it. So you know, it's, I'm here it's for good. The count. Look, we got the hat party going on. We got all the dogs here. That one's Ladybird. Hi, Ladybird. Yeah, and this is Liberty Bell. Hi, Liberty Bell. I, I'm surprised that none of them are barking. So that's a good sign. You smell bogey. That's a very good sign. Awesome, awesome. Ladybird's awesome. butt is now the most famous thing on the podcast. It's in front of everybody. Robert, thank God you can't see that because I set that up the right way. But um, that's better than some of the things that have shown up on our uh, town halls. Uh, yeah, that's you know every you don't know what you're gonna get sometimes. But uh, Robert and I have uh, uh, been talking a bit, and I guess um, we actually need to get you plugged in a little bit too. Okay. Um, to hear him, but. Uh, let's see. Are there? Can you check on that table over there? See if I left like the headphones on that table. Um, Spencer, can you see? Oh, I'm sorry. somebody, anybody, anybody who wants to take a look, because I want you to be able to hear Robert uh, I don't too. See so. Headphones. I see cords. Yeah, now that the the white table of junk. Yeah, if you try that, yeah, they're pretty big, so you'll look even more ridiculous. But that's oh, fine. Awesome. It's great. That's... I hope it's gonna work. It might not work. What do you plug, plug in? Into? I don't know if it's even gonna plug in. Let's see. see what you hear. If this I'm is quite the setup. I'm really yeah, it's impressed. a little bit. Yeah, look. I mean, I'm playing around a little bit. Take a picture of this for the for the audience at home. This Let's is, do. Yeah. This is awesome. All right, Robert. Can you say something? Let's see if Spencer can hear you now. Hey, Spencer. Can you hear him? That's a no. That's a no. Okay, that's fine. You know what? That's fine. We're gonna figure this out. No worries at all. We're gonna get this done. I'm not worried in the slightest. Okay. Um, Here's what we're going to do. Spencer, since you can't hear anything and you're yes. going to look absolutely ridiculous with those headphones on, you can just take them off. I, what if that was the goal? That, you know what? Maybe it was. I don't know if anybody else had that set up. That's okay. We're, we're going to figure this whole thing out. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just going to put all the posts up that are making fun of Spencer right now. Oh, perfect. Yeah, Should those are all going front and center right now. Okay, so here's what we've done so far, okay? So Robert and I have been talking a little bit. We kind of gave a little bit of an introduction to um, some of the stuff that's been going on. We talked about the House bills um, that were passed, and unfortunately, a lot of lack of movement on Agape boarding school. Um, but you both have some news to share and so we were waiting for you to come to share this news on what on what has happened but both of you have been working really hard on this uh in particular so wanted to give you the floor and and let folks know and then uh uh, uh we'll do some intros for you too since he's already been introduced so that's great we've already done that part awesome. um and uh yeah and then we can talk about some of the issues too and start taking questions from folks that sound okay that sounds great great so, all right let's break some news this is spencer toter uh i kind of introduced you before you got here running for senate in the democratic primary the elections on august 2nd and uh, uh i'll let him let him have the floor for a little bit too. So, no, I appreciate it. So, the the big news of the day is that Agape School has had its charters revoked. Um, Robert has been a hero to these children who are there currently, to these young men, and to the people who have been unjustly served previously. Our government continues to fail us, and the message that I want to send to everyone who's listening and to everyone in this state is that we're the people who give put the power in the hands of those those officials, and we hold the power. And we all can take actions every single day to make people's lives better, whether or not we're elected officials or not. And 
what, what happened when I talked to Robert is I saw in his eyes someone with more passion and conviction and determination to make change than I've seen in such a long time. And I could not imagine feeling what he feels on a daily basis, knowing that this is continuously going on and that our government could actually stop it but chooses not to. And I told him, you know, I, I will do everything I can to help you. And, uh, you know, that, that's been kind of the purpose of our campaign is to make people's lives better every day. Um, and so th this is a big step. We've got three organizations who have either taken away their accreditation or are no longer acknowledging accreditation. Um, there's one to go, and we're, we're working that angle too. Uh, but this is all because of Robert. It is because the squeaky wheel gets oiled, and he got on social media, and he made his voice heard. And it, it's really hard sometimes to feel like no one's listening. And I think that everyone in this state feels that way often. Um, but that doesn't mean that no one's listening, and that doesn't mean we can't make change together. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So, um, Robert, I know um, we talked a little bit about this, but uh, with that uh, accreditation that has been taken away now, um, what, wh Robert, what would you say for folks who are listening and want to get involved in some way? What is the best way for them to do that? No, I would say to continue to call on the call the governor's office, call the attorney general's office, um, go on social media. Um, contact Spencer, contact myself. There's plenty of other people um, that you can contact. I think that's the best way to get involved. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, with the, with the legal, um, all the proceedings and everything going on now, hopefully uh, we'll get some information out of all of that too and some closure out of all of this as well. I mean, that's kind of what we're looking for at this point. But um, no, that's great, great, wonderful news and good job by both of you. Um, to push and, and Robert, uh, like I said, I mean the number of comments that are coming in on this. Um, can I can I tell just you a wonderful work? Can I tell you some more, more news? Please, yeah, absolutely. Next? Yeah, so I haven't shared this with Robert yet. Um, so this is this is breaking for everyone. Um, one of the things that our campaign is really proud of is that we use technology to make people's lives better, to connect people to resources, to do things a little bit differently. And so we've done what's called geofencing, um, which means we drew a square around the entire Agape campus, and anyone who opened their cell phone or used a computer on that campus in the last six months and was fed an ad through any type of website platform or you know they, they opened up a news source and there was an ad on that page, we were able to capture their IP address. And so what we're doing with that starting tomorrow is we're going to be feeding constant ads, pointing attention to the fact that the accreditation was taken away to 277 people who have entered that campus. Mm -hmm. now, that doesn't mean that they're still on that campus. That means they went home. So this is the parents of these children. These are the people who work at that school. And we're going to make sure that they know that there's no way we're going to let them stay open while this abuse is still taking place. Yeah. I mean, so much of this is able to happen because people don't know, right? And, and it's hard sometimes with all the information that's out there. Sometimes there's so much out there that folks don't see a lot of the stuff that we hope that they would see, right? So. Um, Man, that's that's uh that's really great news. I mean, somebody just posted on here um, that without the accreditation, it's still on their website saying that they have been. Um, and, so, and, and someone posted on Twitter today that we should be filing consumer reports and mm -hmm. consumer complaints about it. Do it. Everyone, yep. go out there. Go to, go to the consumer report bureau and and you know turn these guys in because 
it's not okay. And we've made it clear. We've reached back out to all the accrediting organizations and said, what are you going to do if they leave your name up there? What's going to happen next? And we'll follow up with everyone to let them know what they're doing. But the important thing is that it's the people are being heard finally and that the government continues to let this happen. And it, it feels oftentimes like we're all being hit by a thousand dodgeballs from a thousand different directions. I mean, right. You look at what's happening with Roe and, and abortion in our state, in our country. You look at what's going on with gun violence throughout our country. You look at literally everything in our country that feels like it's just collapsing at once. Right. Uh, but what's really important is to realize that when you're getting hit by a million dodgeballs, sometimes there's other people who are about to get hit by dodgeballs too. And if you hold your head up, you can catch those balls. And when you do, you bring your team off the bench. If you remember back when we were little, and we th start throwing those balls back. And so that's what we're doing. We're set, we're taking that power and control back. And it starts with people like Robert doing this work, and and others who theoretically are elected or should be elected or will be elected to office doing that work along with them. But it, it needs to be known that every single person has that kind of power. They just have to find a way to use their skill sets to make it happen. Right. Right. Um... Now, yeah, that's. Let me ask oh, go you ahead. Yeah, yeah. real quick. Do you have like a wireless headset or anything that I can maybe plug into YouTube and I, follow along on YouTube? Uh, it will be delayed. So now all of you know it's magic. Oh, uh, no. Yeah, you are all delayed where you're watching it from. So that's okay, why. Then, don't worry yeah, about it. I stall. Yeah, I, what I need is like another uh, little connector or something. But yeah, like right. splitter would be great. We're good. I don't know. Can you reach? Have you done this before? You know, where you like split one. Are, are we going to sit next? I mean, we're going to be real tighter. close. We'll be real close. I'm not opposed if you're not. If we're going to sit, we're going to keep Robert. You know what I can? I mean, um, I wonder. Um, yeah, it's all I feel bad that you can't hear it's up, okay. but I can, you know. I'll watch it later, and I will we'll it appreciate it. Yeah, he's saying great stuff, so yeah. I feel, don't know. Each one of you is, but Robert can hear you is the deal, so. Um, yeah, funny. no, I, um, 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 no, I, th I think, I think that, I mean, this is all, all great news, wonderful news. Um, thank you to the both of you. Um, Spencer, I do want to give you a little bit of opportunity since you came in. I mean, I, I you know, talked about you a little bit, but. Want to give you an opportunity for folks who uh, don't know you, haven't met you before. They're hearing all this stuff, right? They're just like, oh, he's, he's active on this. And, uh, you know, Robert gave you a bit of an intro as well. Um, but but tell so you're running for United States Senate. I'm running for United States Senate. In Missouri. Uh, the election's on August 2nd. That's the primary election. And uh, who are you? Why are you doing it? What got you involved in all of this? And, and um, you know, I mean, I mean, you're you're obviously traveling, right? Because it took you took you gotta get here. Right. You got here. It she was really like, oh man, what if I don't have somebody to park? I told her I might today? be late. Yeah, you did. You did. I told her to. So she got up here and she just sat. But I thought she might. You know, that's usually her channel. Over there. I'm sorry. Yeah, but if you could just introduce yourself. Sure. Um, yeah, who you are and uh, and why you're running. We'll do the briefs kind of stuff. Great. Uh, well, they're they're one and the same. Uh, I'm the father of a young boy named Avery. And I want him to grow up in a world that is more peaceful than the world we have now, where we have more rights than we currently have, where there's less violence than there currently is, where our climate is healthier and our planet is safe, is, is protected. Um, and I didn't see any way for that to happen unless we abolished the filibuster. It, it's kind of a strange thing that that's like all anyone's talking about right now. But I recognized that a little over two years ago. Um, spending six months in my basement reading and writing, trying to determine how best to protect my son's future and the, and the generations of the future. And I came out of my basement with kind of a plan to win this seat. And I said to my wife, um, I'm going to take Roy Blunt's seat. I think it's likely that he will step down. 
and we will have a potential for a perfect storm to, to put a Democrat in office in the state of Missouri. And my wife said, how long have you been down there? <laughs> maybe, this, maybe this isn't the best place for you. But ultimately, we had a, a really interesting discussion. That, and I you know, made it very clear that there was a possibility. And she, was, she said, you know, I'm all in. But I want to make sure that at the exact same time as you're doing this, that you're measuring success in ways that, that people don't normally measure success. And this is a way in which Elad and I have actually gotten to know each other pretty well, because it's about helping people. Mm -hmm. um, it's about putting public service back in running for office and being a leader in our community. And so everything that my campaign is focused on is making an impact in as many lives as possible every single day. Yeah. The actions we've taken to date, uh, we started off with an Afghan refugee drive and we raised over $53,000 with an army captain and filled two giant shipping containers full of supplies that we gave to the International Institute. A few weeks later, we went to Kansas City and we hosted a rally for Kevin Strickland when he was falsely incarcerated for 43 years the weekend before his court hearing. And we brought the National Organization for Exonerees down to, to speak on his behalf at his mm -hmm. hearing. Mm -hmm. And he called me when he got out to thank us. And it was absolutely incredible. Yeah. Um, and it didn't stop there. We've been using technology in different ways. So we, we've helped over 600 families get access to the child tax credit. And this isn't Democrats. This isn't Republicans. This is Missourians. Yep. We've, uh, we've, you know, we've, we've now gotten over 10,000 Missourians uh, access to Medicaid and help them apply for, for Medicaid because the government didn't. And where the government continues to fail, we've been trying to step in to make a difference. Yeah. Um, you know, you and I have done a lot of work in the eviction space together. Mm -hmm. um, I'm really, really, really proud to say this today, but tomorrow, a, a gentleman who Elad and I have been working with, his name's Carlos, oh, yeah. is taking permanent residence. Um, this is someone who I met on South Grand, and he said, excuse me, sir, do you have any money on you? And I don't normally carry cash. And I said, oh, my gosh, I actually do have some cash in my pocket, but let's sit down and let's talk. And it turned out he was late for a job interview, mm -hmm. um, and I took him to the job interview, and we got to know each other, and, and his living conditions are terrible. And he was being evicted, and, and Elad stepped up, and he helped him get rental assistance. The rental assistance finally came through. Yeah. <sighs> And he's got back rent paid, and he got three months forward rent paid, and he's got his option of two places to live. And not only that, he's got a job at Sam's Club and another job with the refuse department. Um, so he calls like almost every day just to give me updates. Uh, he called on Father's Day to wish me Happy Father's Day, which was like one of the most meaningful things That's ever. Right. Um, but it's but it what it isn't without people just constantly focusing on service, and that is what I really appreciate about you, Elad. Is is you tell people what you're going to do and you go out and do it. And it's always for the right reasons. Um, thank you. It's important stuff. Yeah. And, and for anybody who is out there and listening, and if you are in an issue with uh, housing or something else, uh, there's actually a website that I just put up the other day. It's called uh, Mo Evictions. That's moeviction.com. And that will get you to a landing page on the mediation projects, which I do a lot of work with. Um, I do a lot of their outreach too, but a lot of mediating. And if you go to that website, um, I've got one more lovely tutorial video to add on there, uh, but it has all the rental assistance programs for St. Louis City, St. Louis County, and then also the state of Missouri. There's a statewide one. Um, utility assistance is available there too. Um, there's some links to find an attorney if you need legal assistance there uh, and mortgage assistance, which is something that, uh, you know, is desperately needed in some places too in, in Missouri, um, really all over, but we need to get more folks applying. We've I've seen a few people applying in St. Louis County, uh, but uh, elsewhere in the state, 
I think a lot of folks don't know about that program. So if you go to Mo Eviction, like Missouri, moeviction.com, uh, you'll be able to find those resources. I'm really happy to hear about Carlos. That's great. Yeah. Um, yeah, some of the programs, even like if you're transitioning from one place to the other, which is what ended up happening in that situation, um, you can actually apply for the local program here in the St. Louis area for uh, um, security deposit in the first month. And then once you have your lease signed, you're good to go. So it's phenomenal. Great to hear about that's that. That's really wonderful. So yeah. I know he was excited about you because you made contact first. And then all of a sudden you're like, who can help this guy? And he's I'm like, oh, I got you. Well, Don't worry. I mean, the, the miracle of Twitter is that we're all interconnected. And right. so it, it really has become a way to help connect people to resources for us. And knowing who the people are, who you can count on in those moments has been invaluable. So thank right. you for that. Right. All right. Let's see. We've got some questions coming in. Uh, let's see. I'm going to try to, oh man, there are a lot of questions coming in. All right. So I'm going to look at some, uh, oh, <laughs> what question about the dog? Yeah. You can adopt dogs. I didn't, I mean, I didn't know this dog was coming home and she's fine. She kind of, uh, wakes up in the middle of the night. I don't know if anybody else has this problem who have dogs. If you do just put it in the comments, but she'll just wake up and just start screaming. So I'm assuming, you know, before and she's two years old when we adopted her, so something happened before that, but uh, I don't know. We are straight from a haunted house right now, apparently. <laughs> dogs have better senses than humans, from what I understand. So this maybe is an old house. We're, at, we're at, I'm surprised some of the electrical stuff right now. I'm a little worried. It's got red <laughs> lights on it. Um, Robert, I know you were talking a little bit about this, too, at some point, Robert, about uh, considering... Uh, running for office at some point. Has that ever been, I mean, the more, I guess, that you've been involved from your perspective on this stuff, has that been a more interest to you? Have you ever thought about that before? Or am I just making that up and you're like, oh my God, I hate these people. I don't want to have to deal with them, except Spencer seems fine. No, I've definitely thought about it. And more so recently, you know, I, a lot of people are, as Spencer said, tired of, you know, all the, the hate between the parties and people who are elected not they're not representing the people they were elected by and you know you need somebody with who can uh, find some middle ground somebody who's not going to trash the other side regardless of what i think so often you know no matter what party um, somebody is you know if a democrat introduces something great Republicans will all hate it. Or if a Republican introduces something great, Democrats are against it. You know, you need, we need more people who, who will find middle ground and work for the people, you know, because a lot of these ideas, uh, no matter, uh, no, a lot of these ideas that are brought forth are really good ideas. Um, mm -hmm. You know, look at the insulin capping at $35. You know, why? Why would uh, people reject that? That's something that will benefit each and every American. Um, and, and there's just so many different ideas uh, out there that Americans are just fed up. And, you know, just the more and more you talk to people, the more and more Americans that are fed up. Yeah. Uh, Spencer, I know, you, I know you can't hear exactly what Robert's or anything that Robert's saying, but I'll, I'll tell you. So he said, um, you know, he's finding... Uh, you know, from his perspective, there's a lot of folks who are really, I mean, heck, we're probably all included here, pretty fed up with what government has been doing or has failed to do, right? Talking about different ideas like 
capping the cost of insulin, which is really high, or medical costs in general, right, for folks. Um, talking about uh, basically a lot of us knowing what the issues are out there, but we're not seeing those solutions there and, and a lot more arguing than actually solving those problems. Uh, you, you're running for office. You're running for Senate. Uh, I don't think a lot of folks who are watching think it's the most functional place right now on the planet. Uh, and, you know, we've gone through historically times where uh, legislature has done more and done less. Sure seems like a pretty gridlocked period right now, although we've seen some major legislation pass, probably like one per president right now. Uh, what are your thoughts? I mean, in, in the gridlock in general, frustration from folks, um, do you feel that way? Um, as a citizen right now, and if you are uh, as a senator, what 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 do you do about that? Is there anything that you can do about it? Yeah, that? absolutely. And I think, put simply, that's why I'm running. I'm fed up. Um, I spent the better part of a pandemic watching the government destroy people's lives, and the better part of my life watching our state get more and more ruby red as people were left further and further behind. And, and I think you know this part of my story, but. My grandmother passed away last January of COVID-19, and it was the week she was supposed to be vaccinated. The vaccines were in the area. The governor determined that it was better to ask CVS to ship the vaccines back to him so he could have, have mass vaccination events for photo ops than to put them in the arms of our seniors. And so my grandmother passed away, and I blame him fully for that because every other state in this country, virtually, I think one or two others at most hadn't vaccinated their seniors, but she'd be alive right now, in my opinion. And that is the kind of thing that takes people stepping up and saying, we are not going to take this anymore. And, and that's, that's why I decided to run. Um, you know, I was, I was in it prior to that in, from a, with my, my wife and I had discussed it. It was going to happen. But the day after she passed away was the day I told my folks that I was running. And it was the straw that broke the camel's back. And ultimately, when you look at what's happening, it takes people who aren't politicians stepping up to make a difference. So how do we do that? Ultimately, we need to abolish the filibuster and pass voting rights legislation. We need to pass the John Lewis Voting Rights Act and the For the People Act. Because while the Senate is going to be very hard to heal, the House of Representatives isn't. If you look at how gerrymandered these districts are, I call Jim Jordan's district in Ohio the duck district because it's shaped like a duck. And I say the only person who can win in a duck district is someone who quacks. And so that's what happens. We don't get the politician who's the best politician or the leader who's the best leader. We get the person who fits the demographics and the extremist interests of the weird-shaped district. So if we start realizing that so, many of the, so much of this rhetoric that we're hearing coming out of DC and everywhere else are from the Marjorie Taylor Greens and the Jim Jordans and, and, and the folks who have absolutely nothing in common with the vast majority of Americans, we weed those people out and nature starts to heal itself when we create competitive boundaries. So I think there is an incredible chance to make that kind of change, but I don't think it can happen without voting rights legislation taking, uh, getting passed. And that's why this election is so important. Because if you look at what happens, two things. One, we flip a red seat blue. We take Roy Blunt's red seat and we flip it blue, which means we net two in the Senate. That means that Senators Manchin and Cinema no longer matter in terms of the deciding votes on a filibuster. We, we abolish the filibuster and we get things down to a point where we are going to pass voting rights legislation. When we pass voting rights legislation, all of a sudden, everything starts healing itself. Everything's more competitive. We, these extremists face accountability. Because right now, you can't lose in a district where you're the only one who quacks. You can't lose. Right. And so we need accountability. And if we do that, we can make change. Now, we can also make change from the bottom up. So I'm a huge supporter of school board elections. And, mm -hmm. and we've been working with uh, a number of 
progressive candidates to make sure that they get elected for school boards. And so you don't always have to jump in like I did at the senatorial level. You can you can find ways in your community because that's that's where we breed the next generation of senators. We, we move through the channels normally. Um, but there's amazing opportunities right now to make change in this exact moment. You can volunteer on campaigns. You can you can donate to campaigns. You can hand off yard signs. You can text bank. You can do all sorts of things. But ultimately, if we if we flip this seat, it's the silver bullet. If we don't, it's going to be a very long and arduous process, uh, de depending on what happens in some other states. We have some other states that we can flip as well. But this state, we know if it flips, it has that impact. Yeah, yeah. Um... Yeah, it's it's uh, uh, certainly a major election, um, big year that's for sure. Um, and somebody did see if I, um, yes, I did from Stephanie uh, mentioned uh, Alex Johnson. So if you go and you look at the uh, Missouri House Democrats, uh, Mo House Dems for short, uh, but Alex has been working tirelessly. Uh, to recruit candidates for the state legislature. So we're talking, you know, a lot of folks, uh, unfortunately, a lot of folks don't know, right? We have a state legislature. Uh, you got the state executive. You've got all these offices here. Uh, and then you've also got what happens in D.C. So Spencer's running on the federal level. We actually had a couple candidates on here who are commenting. Uh, Randy and uh, Charles were both running for Congress on here, too. Um, and uh, that's the federal level, at the state level, a lot of policy is being made here, a lot of policy that affects us on a day-to-day -day basis, too. Um, and if you find Alex Johnson over at the Mo House Dems uh, and you're interested in running or you want to get involved in somebody's race, uh, he's super helpful. So that's why I made sure to get that comment out there, too. Um, yeah, it's um, it's it's interesting times, that's for sure. That's absolutely a lot of questions coming in. Oh, uh, yeah, let me, um, I'll fix that too. So I, I was talking about that website uh, to get folks uh, housing help. Uh, it's not just eviction info, so you don't have to be facing an eviction to get assistance. Um, the website is moeviction.com because a lot of folks are about to face that situation and you can avoid it too. So we've, we've done mediations before somebody is facing an eviction. Uh, we've worked with folks. The rental assistance programs will work with you before that point, too. So if you know that an issue is coming up or you feel like an issue is coming up, it's a really good idea to reach out as soon as possible and get the help that you need. So uh, not just for folks who are facing eviction, but uh, very good, very good question. Uh, now, here's a here's a Missouri-based question. Okay, hold up. All right, from Tracy. Uh <laughs> What's the deal with not being able to register more than 10 people? Is there a way around that? If so, how? Yeah, so we, we, passed a, uh, we passed a law in Missouri that says that you cannot register more than 10 people unless you yourself register with the state as a voter registration solicitor. That's a lot of registering in there, so I wanted to make sure we got it. Yeah, the, for some reason... That's the big move by, uh, uh, we have a very Republican legislature. There's a loophole to my understanding. There, there, so so the, the, you, I mean, if you fill out a form, then you can do it. That's basically. But on top of that, you can have them fill out the online application with yes, you. Yes, you can. You just can't turn it in, correct? You can't turn it in, yeah. I mean, that's more like it's going to be hard to trace you doing it. Yeah. Uh, it can, I mean, realistically, who in the world is going to go prosecute? So, first of all, I think if you get pro let's now we're going. 
if you get prosecuted for uh, registering 10 voters or more, uh, goodness gracious, just let me know because I'll help you. But that, I mean, that's a ridiculous restriction on people already. I don't, I mean, maybe, okay, fine. Uh, the registration process is not difficult. I mean, you don't have to register for a whole lot of other stuff that maybe you'd think you might have to do in Missouri. You don't have to do it. Um, but yeah, apparently you have to register if you want to help somebody vote. So it is free. It's not like you got to pay or anything, but you do have to have this form. And I think you got to file it every, it's either one or two years. Don't quote me on that. But if you do have a question, put it in there and I'll find it and for you. Know, we, we actually just saw today, Kansas had a 1000% increase in voter registration after the Roe decision. And so we think that it's going to be similar in Missouri. So when people say, yeah. oh, is Missouri in play? Is Missouri in play? Yeah, Missouri's in play, folks. This is, the people are angry and they're ready to go and young folks are taken to the polls. So yeah. it, it, it's terrifying. It's awful, but we can still make our voices heard. Yeah. Yeah. There was a, a recent poll out actually after uh, Roe uh, versus Wade was overturned um, that I saw this morning. And uh, it, it looked at college students of all persuade, all political persuasion, and just a huge chunk of students who are now considering transferring out of states that have restrictive law, including, including folks who identify as uh, anti-abortion, who say, well, I still wanna be in a place where I may have that option because for folks who have had to go through any of these kinds of situations from a medical standpoint or anything else, uh, it is, it is a, it is healthcare, it's healthcare treatment. So in a lot of situations, uh, the more restrictive that you get in some of those, we're already seeing it in some places. Uh, there's a lot of confusion by by doctors who this is how this situation is supposed to be treated, and the last thing you need is uh, having folks hesitating in the healthcare space. I'm sure, I'm sure, Robert, I'm sure you know because I mean you're you are working in the healthcare space right now. Um, and I don't know that everyone knows that Robert is a nurse that works around the clock and you still see him dedicated around the clock to, to getting the school shut down. I shouldn't be sharing this. I'm sorry, Robert, but he was like, I'm going to take a three hour sleep before I come like that's sleep time. So thank you. He's, he's here during his, his evening right now. So greatly appreciate that, Robert. <laughs> thanks for having me on. Absolutely. No, thanks for being here. Um, all right, I did have some questions that came in. Hold up, let me bring this one up too. Um, oh, Josh, yeah. Um, I mean, a lot of folks are in this boat where they've had loved ones who have passed away as a result of COVID-19. Um, I actually knew somebody who was, I was really close to on the campaign. He was one of the first people to, uh, to, to contract it in Missouri. Initially, they didn't even know what it was. They thought he had um, pneumonia and... Uh, Oh, good guy. Um, uh, yeah, really good guy uh, out in uh, the western part of our state, Clinton, Missouri. Mr. Grimes, I just uh, had an old voicemail from him. I, I was I just found on my phone the other day. But it's, it's just unfortunate to see, you know, a lot of the reaction to this or the lack of it. Um, and unfortunately, a lot of folks who um, still pretend like it's not real and it's not having an impact. Um, Robert, I'm sure, I'm sure, I mean, are you still like in terms of, I, I guess it's a little bit off topic, but but with the, the COVID-19 um, and the new variants and everything else, have you seen any uh, uh, recent developments 
at where you're working right now? I mean, I know you're in Michigan, we're in Missouri here, but have, have you seen anything where you're at? So, yeah, we're, we're trending upward a little bit. We're getting, obviously, uh, quite a bit more cases. Um, yeah. COVID unit staff quit. Um, it's it's taking a toll. A lot of people don't realize that is, you know, COVID has exasperated the mental health um, crisis in our country. And, you know, we deal with assaults from patients all the time. I got bit by a patient the other day. Um, you know, so another patient tried to punch me in the, in the face, um, I think like on Monday or Tuesday. And, you know, I don't think that's talked about enough. You know, it, the, the, the mental health is, I don't even know how to describe it in our country right now. Um, yeah. you know, I, obviously I struggle with it. Everyone struggles with it, but you know, people come to the hospital, um, and they get super, um, frustrated and upset with uh the nurses the techs the doctors oh we've been waiting here for two or three hours well you know there's people dying and they're they're more i don't want to say more important but they're they're our priority people come in there for a cough versus somebody who just got shot yeah um you know so it's i think that needs to be talked about a lot more and just to add to spencer's recent uh, point mm-hmm in the state of Missouri, you know, Department of Social Services have has had seven different directors in the last three and a half years. That's every six months they have a new director. Um, how can you enact change or right. enact a certain policy if each director that comes in has a different policy or a different agenda? And then in Missouri as well, you have a sexual abuse for sexual abuse victims. I think they're, the statute of limitations is three to five years. Um, yeah. I've worked with child and we're working on proposing legislation in Missouri to change that to 20 years. And uh, I forget the name of the lawmaker. She had proposed something last session. And uh, Republicans in Missouri were gerrymandering around that legislation uh, and kept, you know, talking. And they wanted to add stuff to that legislation, like mm-hmm. add different bills. Now, so obviously it didn't get passed. Um, and, you know, studies show that. Um, sexual abuse victims don't come come out until they're about 40 to 50 years old. It's not something usually that you report right away. It's something, you know, like, for example, for me, I didn't come out for about nine years. Yeah. You know, I, I tried. It's not something that I'm proud of. It's not something that victims are proud of. Hey, look, I just got sexually raped or molested. Um, it's hard to talk about it and it's hard to come out about it. And, you know, everyone has, there's this, you know, there's plenty of studies out there that show the amount of time on when victims come out. Right. Right. No, I think, uh, and, and Spencer, so for, for those who are just tuning in, uh, we've got a little technical issue, so Spencer can't hear what Robert's saying. I'm, but I'm having one of those, like, Will Ferrell, I don't know what to like, do with my hands like, moments. What? Yeah, I'm what just is... kind of, like, looking, I don't want to look like I'm staring lovingly into your eyes, but I also I mean, don't know where else to look. That's what the dogs so. are for, yeah. yeah. No, but um, uh, Robert's bringing up, I mean, a lot of wonderful points. And, um, I mean, you see that, um, you know, and so with so many folks, unfortunately, in America. Um, so a couple of things. I want to see, um, you know, what, what your ideas are, and then we'll get to some quick questions, too. Um, but, um, so he's talking about one is, um, you know, burnout, especially among healthcare workers, uh, mental health issues just throughout the kind of, a lot of folks are stressed out right now for a whole variety of reasons. Um, and then also, uh, uh, sexual assault 
and folks who have been assaulted, but uh, you know, it can take years and years before you come forward, right? For a variety of reasons. Um, so uh, what are, I mean, I guess, what are your thoughts in terms of um, one, mental health in general, right? To uh, help that we can get to healthcare workers specifically. Um, three, uh, you know, your thoughts on some of the, the issues that we're seeing. We talked a little bit about some justice reform issues already, but, um, you know, in terms of the statute of limitations for uh, rape, sexual assault, those kinds of things too. So I know I'm throwing a lot at you right there. Yeah, let's, let's go piece by piece. So, so starting off with mental health, it is essential that we destigmatize the way we talk about mental health. In our country, it is more likely that, some, that you or someone very close to you has struggled with mental health than not. And we need to recognize that that is healthcare. That there is nothing wrong with being depressed or being anxious or having you know, panic attacks or anything like that. And when we try to blame like shootings on mental health when really it's guns, we, we have a real problem in our culture because people don't talk to others about their mental health issues. And when these things happen behind closed doors is when people are more likely to do harm to themselves and others. And ultimately, I feel like we've lost empathy as a society. We, we maybe have never existed, I don't, I don't even in this moment, particularly about mental health, how to address that. Um, but ultimately, we need to pass Medicare for all, and we need mental health coverage to cover that. We need mental health care to be covered under that. But we also need to talk with our friends and our family and our loved ones. Um, we need to talk and be open about what we've experienced and how others can call us and be a safe place for them. Because if you've never had someone tell you that they've struggled with mental health issues, it's because they didn't trust that they could tell you. Uh, it is impossible to not know someone who's struggling or has struggled in the past with mental health issues. And it's so much easier to deal with when people are open with one another because you don't feel alone. Um, the second issue you brought up was uh, the healthcare system and how we help the, our, our nurses like Robert or our medical staff. Right. There are several ways. One, we need to stop charging these folks so much to go to school and making them pay off med, uh, off med school debt and, and college debt for years and years. We need to incentivize people to want to become the people who take care of us and, and who make our lives better. We need to shorten the hours that they're required to work in a day for a shift, unless that for some reason that would make sense. But I've never worked functionally for 14 to 16 hours straight. And that's what I do every day now. So the last four hours are always a little wishy. Right. Uh -huh. yep, yep, um, sure. and, and then on top of it, we need to make sure that we're, we're making sure that more people are joining the workforce. So we need to pay people more. We need to make sure that we're, we're making sure that when you're a nurse or a doctor, you're not also worried about how you're gonna afford to pay for your kids' next meal. You're not worried about whether or not you can afford rent. You're not worried about your own medical bills. Um, it's unacceptable. And so we need to cancel the student loan debt um, and we to take care of the people who are already there. I'm also for making sure that people who have paid off their student loan debt, or really anyone, has the resources necessary to be successful. So we should look at a tax credit for people who have paid off their student loan debt to kind of give them some, some juice for the fact that they did what they said they were going to do. That's something that hasn't been talked about too much mm -hmm. in, our, in our society. I think one of the biggest pushbacks that I get when I talk about canceling student loan debt is I already paid mine off. And it's like, cool, well, that's awesome. And I've, it's great that you were able to, to do that, but, the, but that doesn't mean that everyone else can. And, and that doesn't mean that we should make others suffer because and not be able to invest in the next stages of their life uh, in terms of owning a home or you know, going on a vacation or enjoying 
their, their, their freedom and flexibility just because you were able to pay off your debt. So we, I'm fine finding a way to make sure that everyone has a little bit more. It turns out the billionaires just have too much. And if we tax the super wealthy at rates that make sense, we can do all of these things. And it doesn't hurt our society. It doesn't have negative impacts. So the third thing that you brought up is incredibly important as well, which is sexual assault. Um, again, if you don't know someone who has been sexually assaulted, it's because they didn't feel comfortable telling you. And that isn't an indictment on you as the people watching. But it is important to realize that people have trouble exposing their vulnerabilities. And the more we each expose our own vulnerabilities, the more others are willing to share with us. And so this is like weird shrink hat Spencer and not running for office Spencer, but we need to just love each other anyway. And we need to be open and find ways to have real conversations where we care and we show the empathy of what it means to, to coexist in a community and a society. And during the pandemic, we kind of all lived in our own houses and a lot of people didn't go into work and we lost this sense of community and, and you see the, the side effect is that we're more divided than we've ever been. We other everyone. And we rely on social media networks that continue to pit us against one another. And so I think it's really important that we destigmatize talking about sexual assault. And there's someone on my team who you actually know well. Um, I'll mention her name later because I, in association with this comment, I don't know that I have permission That's to say it. Director. But she says, docs bad men. Um, and and I, I'm for that. If, if you've been sexually assaulted, make sure people know that someone has sexually assaulted you. We need to protect others in our community who, who may be more vulnerable, who may not know. And there are so many people in our community who continue to commit assault because it happened behind closed doors and it, no one feels comfortable and they're still afraid. But when we come together, we have amazing people in our community who do stand up for things like this. Friends of yours and mine that I know have been a reliable resource for so many people and just incredible folks. But we need more folks to do that. We need more folks to say, you know what? I'm going to believe you. I believe survivors. Uh, I'm going to be here when you need help. And at the end of the day, we're going to make sure that things like this don't happen again. And so this isn't a legislative conversation. Like from a Senate position, I don't know exactly what the policies are that I would propose at the federal level for something like this. This doesn't come up in, you know, law 101 for, for beginning senators. But but I can tell you that as a Missourian and as a human, we need to be there for each other and we need to support one, each, one another more. And and I really do feel that. And I, I know so many people, you know, so many people who have dealt with these issues. And it's important. And this doesn't just go to, to, to women. Men, call your friends out. I mean, I, the number of times I, I was at a bar in my 20s where I saw or heard something and had to throw my friend, or not my friend, but someone I saw do something against a wall and, and have a real heart to heart um, was a lot. And it's unacceptable. And so we need to make sure that we're constantly calling people out. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, Sorry, that was a lot of heavy topics so, we got today. Yeah, yeah. No, that's for sure. You know, one thing I, I wonder, um, you know, about the question with um, spending right and, and different programs and everything else um you know one of the answers is uh our tax system right is out of balance i think a lot of people you look around and and there's uh, all sides i think agree on that one way or another they do do you think i mean in general um do you think that there's there's the one side where, you know, we there's more income coming into the more revenue for the government, right, to pay for some of these programs. Um, 
On the flip side, do you think, like in terms of your philosophy on government and what its role is, um, do you think that it's, I don't know, from from how involved it is, is it too big? Is it is there lack of efficiency in it? Is it too small? Like, what, what do you see, I guess, from your philosophy as somebody who certainly is running for the Senate, but I mean, you're a thoughtful guy, and we've just, as if we didn't know that before, you know it now, but I've known it for a long time. Um, so, I mean, what, what, what are your thoughts, I guess, generally, philosophically about the role yeah. of government right now in America? So, let's start by saying that our tax system should be a reflection of our values. And so, currently, people don't like paying taxes. But I had a painter, I, I, I do general contracting work. I don't know, people, not everyone who's watching probably knows my background. I have, I have a fairly variety, a fairly entrepreneurial background. I was a commercial real estate broker. I worked in the innovation districts of Cortex and Bridge Park, uh, working with technology companies, life science companies. I took the money I was making in that and I reinvested in St. Louis and Missouri-based startups. Um, and when I filled all of the space that I could fill, because we literally ran out of space, I started a medical device company. We have a device that fills a hole in an infant's heart. Uh, we're going into animal trials in September that's still up and running and going strong. It's going to be one of the top heart hospitals in the world. Um, and I started a home renovation business. And so we buy, rehab, and sell three to five houses a year. Um, we have 200 construction right now. I, you might not believe it based on all those stuff that's going on in the Senate, but I still run those other two businesses as well. Uh, but I surround myself with amazing people who keep them going. Uh, but I had a painter from, from Denmark. Okay. His name was Simon. And Simon said, would you mind paying me cash? And I said, yes, because I like roads. And he said, what? And I said, well, when you avoid taxes, our roads don't get fixed. Uh -huh. And he uh -huh. said, but here's the deal, Spencer. You guys pay for war. You send money to do nation building in countries that don't agree with my values. You don't give us health care. People go into medical debt and, and student debt. It doesn't make sense. So I don't like paying taxes. In Denmark, I get a card this big every year. And on that card, it says, this is what you owe. Here's what you get. I've seen that. I have seen that. Yeah. Uh -huh. and, and he said, it says free education, paid parental leave. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, free health care. And he goes, and I loved paying taxes in Denmark. And so I want people to love paying taxes here because our values are aligned with the way we tax and the way we spend. And that means that billionaires shouldn't exist when there are people living on, our, on the streets. It means that Jeff Bezos shouldn't be taking a rocket ship to, to the moon when there are people in medical debt and student debt. And, and it's unacceptable for us to think that when we get to make the rules, when we get to determine who makes these decisions, that we put people in power who make the decisions to make it the way it is now. Because it couldn't be more broken. And so my belief is that if we pass economically sensible positions, yeah. it turns out that they're also very socially responsible. So right now, investing in clean energy is the smartest thing we can do both economically mm. as well as socially. If we pass Medicare for all, your taxes, your taxes may go up, but your take-home income will be larger because the costs of your health care won't be coming out in premiums and deductibles and office visits and medicine costs and bloated infrastructure. Because legitimately, if you think about doctors and nurses, doctors in America spend 25 to 40% of their time filling out paperwork for insurance companies. Doctors in Canada are maxed at four hours of paperwork a week. So how many more patients can they see? And how much more enjoyable is it to do your job when it's not paperwork? 
And so when we think about the bloat that we could take out of the system by passing really common sense reforms, we can reform our tax system while at the same time we incentivize the right behaviors in our government that, that stimulate our economy and take care of our planet and our people. And that's what we're not doing right now. So I'm going to the Senate and people ask all the time, you know, what, what committees do you want to be? What, what do you want to do? I want to help set tax policy because the way it is going right now, it is unacceptable. The wealthiest people I know go when they move to Florida and they, when they sell their business to avoid state income taxes, and they have a marginal tax rate of between 4 and 20%, whereas anyone else is paying between 15 or 20 up to 49% in a, in a tax rate because those people are dodging taxes. And then we're still not getting health care. We're still not getting education. We're still not investing in our communities and taking care of our planet. So yes, the whole thing is broken. Yes, the whole thing needs to be changed. But what's really important is this isn't a social lib kind of thing. This is fiscally responsible because how, how much is it going to cost to take care of our planet when we've destroyed it to the point of no return? And we have the ability now to make that change, but we have to come together to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we're getting close. Okay. We did start a few minutes late, so I'll let us go to 706. I'll do it. I, I'm here until you kick me out. Oh, no, you're so about to get kicked I, I out. Was, Robert's got to go to bed anyway. I mean, goodness, I was poor told guy. To mac and cheese. Look at him. It, it smells oh, yeah, good that's, in here. Yeah, okay. So here's, this is good, because actually this kind of rolled into that a little bit. All right, so we got a question that came in question. before the show. Uh, and I saw some came in on Twitter. You respond to some of them already. I did not see a response to this question. And um, it came from... Matt Lacasse, he said, most controversial question. Since the demise of the Wheel Inn, which establishment in Sedalia produces the best Goober Burger and why? So this is challenging for me. Okay. Uh, because I have not had a Goober Burger in Sedalia, and I am not going to lie and said that I have. Okay. All right. um, I will promise that by the time this primary is over, I will have had it. But, yeah. but in my time in Sedalia, which I have been to twice uh -huh. in this election cycle, yeah, no one was like, hey, go get the Goober Burger. So I'm worried that maybe the Goober Burgers aren't as good as I've been told. <laughs> maybe Matt's just really into them. But I appreciate the question. Yeah. And, and it's it's planted a seed that, that has to happen. Now you got to figure it out. Yeah, uh, you got to figure it out. What about um, uh, favorite meal that you've had on the road? in Missouri? My favorite meal. So yeah. last summer, I went to more county fairs than you could possibly imagine. Yeah, yeah, sure. Huh? Um, and there is a <laughs> there's a booth at, that travels from county fair to county fair, and their only thing that they sell is barbecue pulled pork mac and cheese grilled cheese on Texas toast. Oh, wow. Okay. That's, that's a lot. Yeah. Uh -huh. And it is incredible. Okay. And so I've been just like scouting them out, trying to figure out what fairs they're going to be at and where they're going to be. And it is the best. Um, I will say I did have lunch a couple weeks ago in South City at Naveen's. Okay. Um, and I had the best burn ends I've ever had. And I am a barbecue guy. Yeah. Uh, my dog's name is Bogart. After okay. Bogart yeah, sure. Uh -huh. yeah. Um, and like when we go, they give him a rib. They give me a rib. It's a yeah. really good deal. Okay. Um, and I've never had as good of burn ends as I have had at Naveen's. Okay. Um, Kevin Smith sent me to Wise Guys Pizza because I, I have Shakespeare's a lot when I'm yeah, in sure. Columbia. Uh -huh. yep. But he, had, he sent me to Wise Guys last time and it was my birthday. Okay. And after a, a couple shots of bourbon and a pizza with, with one of my partners there, we had 
an absolutely delicious pizza. So I would also put some put some credence into into Wise Guys. Well, if you're really into burnt ends, uh, Roper's Ribs in North County, it's a good spot to check family friend over there. So I will take a look. I'm a big fan. Um, okay, great. That was okay. That was the most pressing question I knew we had to get to before the end of this. So here's what I want to do. Um, I want to give. Uh, to first of all, say thank you to both of you for being on. Uh, Robert, uh, you, you're an impressive, impressive person. And uh, the work that you're doing, you know I'm in full support of. So anything that I can do to help, let me know. But um, really appreciate you being on and uh, all the work that you've done and wish you all the best. And anything, anything that can be the best, we wish it for you. Um, so thank you so much, Robert. We really appreciate you having have, coming on today and, t and telling everybody what's what's going on. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, and I just want to say one last thing here. You know, please. Spencer Toter, as a candidate, uh, not even elected yet, has done more than both Attorney General Eric Schmidt and Governor Parson combined. Just uh, let that think. Let that sit in your mind for a minute. You know, somebody who's not even elected um, yet. And he's done more than a governor and an attorney general of a state combined. You know, I, I've reached out to the governor and attorney general hundreds of times each. All I did was reach out to Spencer one time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, it's true and it's uh, sad in some ways, uh, but it's uh, nice that there are folks even without government positions, without elected positions, um, who are willing to to help other people. And uh, Robert was saying that he greatly appreciates the work that you've done, despite the fact that so many folks who should be uh, doing so have not. So um, I thank you for that too. I know a lot of other folks, um, I mean, they're commenting right now that they're very appreciative for the work that you've done. Um, you know, I, I wonder, Spencer, when and, and, you know, obviously you'd say whatever you want to close it out. Uh, but when you look back on this campaign, right? And I, I love running around Missouri, right? Wonderful experience. And uh, what, what do you want at the end of this whole thing? Um, however, everything turns out, what, what do you want this to be? What is your vision for, at the end of the day, um, this is mission accomplished? Is it winning? Is it something else? So uh, certainly, you know, if, if you want to answer that, great. That would be lovely, whoever you want. Uh, but I uh, want to give you a chance to also close out, let folks know where to find you. But yeah, that's just kind of a thought that I've always had, you know, doing this and having a lot of folks that I've had the opportunity to interview, especially when they're in the middle of it, right? Um, but um, just want to know what, what your thoughts are in general about this whole process. So. So I set out to win, and I plan to win, and I plan to show people that money isn't the only way you can win. And you can win by impacting as many lives as possible, and that's what we should aspire to as leaders in our communities, and that's what we should want out of our politicians and the people who represent us. And so if I lose, uh, I know that it will not be because I didn't do everything I could possibly do to help as many people as possible. There are forces out there that we have no control over. Not all of us are worth a quarter of a billion dollars. Not all of us spend our time 
fundraising online, and it's really, really hard to raise enough money to get awareness when the media focuses on fundraising because it's really easy to measure. Um, what's harder to measure is impact in a community, and we've put metrics behind this. We've shown how many lives we've been able to touch. It's tens of thousands, and I'm optimistic that the, as, when that story is told, I'll be the next senator from the state of Missouri. If I'm not, I will find very strong comfort. I will find very, I will find comfort in knowing that I made an impact in as many lives as I possibly could. And that was my promise to my wife when this started, that we would measure success not by the outcome of an election, by, but by the impact we had on lives. And every single day, that's what we do. We, we, we have a conversation. What impact can we make in the community today that would have the most impact possible? And when people said, Spencer, you need to sit in your basement and you need to call for dollars, dial for dollars, they call it 25 to 40 hours a week. And then the rest of the time, you need to be traveling around the state and you're touching every corner. I said, how many people donate to a political campaign, to a Democratic campaign in the state? And they said, well, in a, in a common year to a non-presidential candidate, there are 5,000 donors in the state of Missouri. I said, so you want me to spend 40 hours a week begging 5,000 people for money when there are tens of thousands of Missourians, hundreds of thousands of Missourians who need help right now. And so I committed that I was going to take literally all of my life savings, all of my wife's life savings, and we were going to help as many people as humanly possible. And so at the end of this election cycle, whether it's in 20 days or whether it's in November, I will have known that I did everything I could possibly do. Now I'm confident that once we get through the primary, we will be able to raise an absolute ton of money out of state. No amount of money that anyone has raised to date matters. No amount of personal wealth that anyone has to date matters. Because after the primary, the national fundraising will come in, which is why it's so important we get the right candidate through. And this is one of the reasons why I became instantly attracted to you, Elad, because you experienced this. We, we ended up with Eric Schmidt when we could have had Elad Grossed. And that is unacceptable. And it should never happen. And we can't agree that the system should continue in that way. But we can agree together that we can instead elevate people who actually care more about us and who will continue to do that work anyway. And I'm proving that I will continue to do that work by spending every day doing that work to date. And that, that's my promise to Missourians. That's my promise to you, um, is that I'm not going anywhere. We are going to win this seat. And when we do, we're going to show everyone that it doesn't have to be the way it's always been before, because it can't or else we'll continue to promote people who care more about money than they do about people. And that's unacceptable. We can't have that continue. So you can find out more about me at spencertoter.com. Um, the Missouri Independent did an absolutely tremendous profile on my campaign today. Tessa Weinberg, who is just an amazing mm -hmm. journalist, mm -hmm. uh, shadowed me for a day in the life a couple weeks ago. And she, she, she did just absolutely, like I, I literally brought a tear to my eyes because I felt heard. Um, I spend my time trying to make sure other people feel heard, and it's really hard to break through the noise of society and to compete with airtime against the Eric's who are like flame throwing each other back uh -huh, and forth. Uh -huh, uh -huh. Um, but it's really special when someone captures what you're actually trying to accomplish, and she did. So I would say, look at that article. Sign up to volunteer. We have 477 volunteers in the state right now, and that's the energy that it's going to take to beat a Republican challenger in the general election. Um, you know, donate if you can, but if you can't. Volunteer. We, have, we, we send 50,000 text messages a day right now. Um, there are roughly 600,000 primary voters, and we need to touch every single one of them. Tell your friends about my campaign, about a campaign that doesn't focus on money but focuses on people. Um, 
sign up for a yard sign. We got a yard sign tab. One of my team today, someone who used to intern for you, Emma Rohrbach, yeah, sure. yeah. Uh, said, Spencer, I don't like the way we're getting people signed up for yard signs right now. I'm going to build it into the website. And she took it upon herself, and that part of the website looks really good. Um, but get a yard sign. Let have have Emma do more things. You know? That's honestly, if, if anyone, really good. not until yeah. this campaign is over. Yeah. But the people that are on my team right yeah. now are the finest people you could ever imagine in your entire life. And it's not just staff, which my staff is tremendous, but our volunteers are learning how we should campaign going forward. And they're ready to continue this process. And they're the future leaders of the state. Yeah. Um, so I, I can't tell you, no one can do what I'm doing alone. It takes a village and my village is the strongest village I could possibly imagine. And so to my team that's out there watching and, and, and there just know that the appreciation is, is overwhelming at this moment. Um, and the same goes for Robert Buckland. I mean, Robert Buckland is an inspiration. If we had a Missouri time man of the year, uh, in Michigan, <laughs> I would, I'll I, take it. Yeah. I, I guarantee you he would win it. Um, because persistence, 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 persistence. And ultimately, uh, there won't be a single person who hasn't heard the name Robert Buckland shutting down Agape boarding school when we go and burn the thing down. Not physically. We're not going to burn it down physically. That is, we don't condone violence at any time. But when we shut it down, they will know that it was because of Robert Buckland. So I appreciate your time tonight, Elad. Thank I was, you. I was told there was be back and cheese. So <laughs> I tell we, we tricked yeah. That's why I'm here. You guys don't know this, those of you watching at home. But <laughs> the reason I don't have headsets is because he said we don't normally do these in person. We don't. Yeah, this is our first. Uh, actually, the you were on before in person because of that town hall that that's was right with, with everybody. But yeah, normally uh, that's OK. We'll get better. I do want to thank everybody who's watching. Thank you for being patient through this. I know there was some technical difficulties, Robert. Spencer, thank you both for being on. Uh, keep us all updated. I'm sure we'll continue talking about this. Uh, you both are doing a wonderful job. And I did promise one thing. For everybody who is watching, I did promise that there would be prizes. So you, for sticking around this entire time, will be the first to know that there will be a prize for guessing something, okay? And that something will be on this pad of paper. And there's a box of crayons that Ladybird has been watching the whole time. I'm going to ask Spencer to draw something, not right now, but he will draw something uh, in Missouri. And the first one to guess it will get a wonderful prize from a wonderful small business in the state of Missouri. I cannot wait, but I'm not going to announce it. I'm just going to put the picture up on our social media pages. And when you see Spencer with his picture, the first one to guess it is going to be the first one to get the prize. So you guys will have a head start. Uh, Thank you. Thank you all for watching. Thank you for coming. Thank you, Robert. Really appreciate you, Spencer. Thank you. Website's been on the, the thing the whole time. So uh, tune in next time uh, to the Alad Pod. We'll have another guest, maybe in person, maybe virtual, whatever we will be. We'll always do it better each time. And uh, uh, the whole idea behind this is to bring our government back to you. And that's why you are so important in this whole thing. Thanks for listening. Remember, you can participate in these town halls live and subscribe so you don't miss any at alodgross.live. This is Alod Gross, and we'll see you on the next Alod Pod.